his job is not to go out there and be my best friend. This isn't the best friend making competition. This is the ultimate fighting championship. I think training camp is for kids. I don't sleep in a tent and I don't eat marshmallows. <laughs> I, I, I train all the time. Tough one. Still here, still strong, and getting stronger. If you're passionate about something, you love something, the more you do it, the better you get. When you go to bed late, you wake up early, that's someone who loves what they do. I don't plan to steal shows, I just steal them. <laughs> I am the champion of the world. Let's not forget this Simon Patrick. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Headline with me, Simon Head. And on this week's show, we catch up with two of the British stars set for action at UFC London on March the 21st. Leon Rocky Edwards has built up an impressive resume in the UFC's welterweight division. He hasn't lost in five years, he's riding an eight-fight win streak, and he's got the biggest test of his career coming up at the O2 Arena in March. Edwards takes on former UFC welterweight champion Tyron Woodley in a bout that could well propel the winner into a title shot and a potential matchup with the last man to defeat both men, Kamaro Usman. Also on the fight card in London is Liverpool's own Molly McCann. After losing her debut in her hometown, the former Cage Warriors women's flyweight champion has been superb in the UFC, reeling off a hat-trick of consecutive wins to establish herself as one of the rising prospects in the women's 125 pound class. Now she's set to face veteran Ashley Evans-Smith in London in about that, if she's successful, could well push her towards some of the division's bigger names later in the year. I chatted to both Molly and Leon at Urban King's Gym in King's Cross, London, ahead of next month's event, and I'll share both of those interviews with you on this episode of the show. We'll finish the pod with the man who hopes to finish the night with a big win, Leon Edwards, but we'll go ladies first, and chat to the biggest Everton fan in mixed martial arts and one of the most exciting women's flyweights in the world, Meatball Molly McCann. You know, you're fighting back at home. Last two fights were over in the States, which must have been a, a fun experience for you getting over there and fighting stateside. I mean, the tax was ridiculous. <laughs> I prefer fighting at home. Uh, so now you are back at home and you mm. haven't got that tax problem now. Yeah. You've got all of that crowd support now. How, especially for the people over in the States, Fighting in front of your home fans here in the UK is a little bit special. Explain why it means that much more to fight in front of the British fans than it does for maybe an American fighting in front of the, uh, an American crowd. I think um, the fans in America just like fighting in general. I think the British fans take so much. They follow your story and they've seen you come from working man's clubs or from fighting in generations. And they've seen how much hard work, blood's blood, sweat and tears it's take to get to this point and, and they kind of live through you a little bit, do you know what I mean? When I got the, the shout to go to Greenville, my first fight in America, my anxiety level was like, oh my God, the first one in America. And then when I was fighting, the crowd got behind me, like it no other. They was just shouting, meatball, meatball. I was like, I feel like I'm back at home. And then in Boston, the Irish connection with the last name and they loved Scousers and there was loads of Evertonians there anyway so that felt great but going away and then getting the opportunity to come back home that's the kind of thing where when my eye was done in, in, in March when I had the bad eye I probably would have always pushed through no matter where it was in the world but to know I was here and the crowd was just on you and you could feel you could you could just feel the anticipation and how much they wanted me to win. And then when I did, I, like, 
there's just no feeling like it. And I think I've been on the chase for that ever since, to be honest. Yeah, that was kind of the, the start of it. I know obviously you had the debut fight that didn't go your way, but you've, you've, you've ruled off three in a row now. Do you feel fully comfortable now as a UFC fighter on the big stage? Do you feel like, okay, I haven't got to prove myself now. I'm here, I'm here on merit. And I've now got those skins on the wall, so to speak. I've got a three yeah, wins under the belt. I mean, I felt like I didn't even wear my UFC gloves or UFC kit until I had won in the UFC. I just didn't feel like I was allowed. I didn't feel like I'd earned it. Um, the first win in America, because I was such an underdog, when I won that fight, I thought, nah, I, I do deserve this. It wasn't just fluke and it wasn't just heart that got me through the London fight. It's because I'm a... I'm a a smart, intelligent fighter, as well as a, as a as someone who'll take the fight by the scruff of the neck if they need to. But this is the last fight that I think I have to have until I can really say, like, be confident and be like, I'm gonna absolutely murder everyone in the top ten. It's that grappler and striker fight again, and I think I've just said in an interview before this, this is like my graduation. I believe like I've been set up. I'm doing everything right, the blueprints there now. My grappling, my wrestling and my jiu-jitsu, my ground and pound is on par with his. And um, and once I've done this, then there's no questions. All questions are, are answered. Even when Darren fought Kelvin Gastelum, Darren's proved his wrestling, his jiu-jitsu, he's proved it all, but still, it was it was getting asked of him then, you know, because he had had the loss, or he had had the two losses. So I feel like it's just the same for me. I feel like... You just have to prove it and then it's, it'll all be forgotten about and probably people won't make much of a deal of it as what I do. But I think I know that I need to do that just to be like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think looking back through three or four fights in the UFC so far, there's been a clear jump in evolution between between fights. And it's not just this, do you know what I mean? You've it, become more refined in it with, with every fight you've, you've had. A tighter game plan, or you fought to a tighter game plan. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. Um, what's going to be the next evolution of, of Molly McCann when you step into the cage on March twenty-first? I think the evolution to get the first win was nutrition and strength, strength and conditioning to a professional level. Not just Joe Bloggs from down the gym who's wrote a really good S and C program. Do that because I look good, feel strong. This is all science based. I think the other two fights was about working to a specific game plan and not letting me heart lead, I had to let my head lead and now it's like now put it together Mal, and go and have fun now I haven't got to stand back I haven't got to be thinking about the defence of the takedown and that taking away from me striking now it's I'll draw the takedown on if you want to try and take me down let's have a go because I'm quite competent on the floor I've nearly subbed everyone that I've been against now, I've nearly finished everyone that I've been against on the floor just ground and pound wrestling me, me jiu-jitsu is on point now, so this is the one. You just know, do you know when Darren beat Cowboy? And then it was like, yeah, he's here. I feel like this is my arrival to be like top 10 who wants to, to have a go, to be honest. And from you know, talking about the skill set standpoint, what about from, from the mental standpoint? I know from seeing your reaction when you got signed to the UFC, from your reaction in, in defeat in Liverpool to your reaction in victory in London, you're an emotional person, you're an emotional fighter. Is that something that you've you've learned to keep in check more as you've gone through your career? And and you're in you're in a state now where perhaps you can be more in the moment and, and perhaps not too worried about about Everything the, the scale yeah. of the occasion. I don't know. I feel like I'm more 
I'm always honest in in everything, and it's not even fighting in my life. If someone says something to me and I don't agree, there's no like camouflage and there's no mask. So it's a really great part of me, and it, it can also be a downfall of mine. Um, I don't think anything's changed as I've got older, apart from I just know if I lose, I can come back, and I have got what it takes to come back and, and go on this big tear. Do you know what I mean? So. I've never had one-to-ones and I've never had, this is our game plan because I always got a fight on two weeks notice on Cage Warriors. Oh, we finally got you someone from the arse end of nowhere. Do you know what I mean? But now, now I'm that more professional. Everything, I don't have to source things in anymore. I pay me 10% and I get everything given to me. And as long as I keep to that game plan, like John Jones and Holly Holm are really good at sticking to game plans. And then when I stuck to a game plan, I thought, oh, this is like, this is how fighting's really done. It's not just like, let's let's just throw and see who can take the most. So I think I've just become more intelligent in listening and taking on board. And if I do everything that my corner team say, we get the best outcome. So this is, this is almost like the... Uh... This is the this is the uh, the acid test. This is the exam, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. You passed the exam on, on March twenty first. What's the rest of twenty twenty look like for you? I just want to be a contender come come the end of the year for the belt. Um, I'll fight wherever. I'll fight whoever it needs to be to make that happen. And I don't know. I've got the onions to do it now. Do you know what I mean? I haven't got to be double guessing myself and my sparring partners and the training that I bring, the, the training partners that I bring in their, in their discipline outweigh and I'll beat anyone that I've got coming when I'm stepping into that cage. So I shock myself a lot when I get in there and you'll see the first round. After the first round, my opponents go back to that, to that seat and they sat there and they're like, oh my fucking God, I've got to go back out there and fight this. And then I'm like, they're not the monster that I thought he was going to be. And then it, it, it always, or oh, it goes like that. So I know this is where I'm at now. And I don't know, once you felt someone off for that first minute, I'm good to go. Final one. First fight in the UFC was in your hometown. It didn't go the way you wanted it. How much would it mean for maybe one, two fights down the road to go back? With, with the experience that you've got. Can you see I've put out to the universe in my plan and something that I say every day. Um, I will fight again at the, it was the Echo Arena, it's the MS Bank now. I would love the UFC to come back and if Darren doesn't take it to Anfield, I'm not running before I can walk because I need to be a co-main, I need to be ranked, I need to do what I need to do to bring it back. But that's something that's in my dreams and that's, that's what I want to do. I'd love to fight a Macy Barber at, in Liverpool, I'd love... I'd love to, to fight a Joe Ann Calderwood in Liverpool and I know that men, I know every demographic will pay to watch that, them kinds of fights. Do you know, we're, we're just going in and it's not going to be like, let's just touch for points and just edge it. We're going into five rounds, mass destruction. So, um, yeah, I'd like that on my bucket list, I think. All right, Leon, this is a special one for you, right? You've, you, I know you've headlined in the UFC before, but yeah. you're headlining at home now. And even just, just before we got started, you know, you were organising tickets and all this sort of stuff. I mean, how much extra pressure is this for you, or just, is, is this just a joy? Um, for me, I'm enjoying it. It's a joy. I, I enjoy fighting in the UK. I've never lost in the UK or Europe, you know what I mean? So I enjoy my friends and family being around and to be able to have all of them come to the fights as well, for a headline. Um, it's amazing. And, I'm looking forward to it.
And it's kind of a big one for, for the gym as well. You yeah. know, I mean, Giant being put on the car just, just this week. I yeah. mean, how, what's the atmosphere in the gym like? I mean, obviously you've been preparing for this fight for a while. Yeah. But now that I guess there's been that extra boost of morale now that Giant's going to be part of the card as well. Yeah, for sure. To have my teammate join me on the card as well, it's, it's amazing. Um, he, was the, he was the lightweight champion for Cage Warriors. He's taking on Marty Casey. That's another big fight for the gym. And we've got Tom Breeze as well. He's fighting in February. Um, so the gym, the gym is buzzing. All the fighters, everyone's there. Plus it's January, right? So like gyms are busy and all the fighters are in preparing for fights. And it's a great environment in Birmingham um, to, for martial arts and for the fighters. It's a stacked card. I mean, you know, especially for the fans over here in the UK, it's, there's so many, so many recognisable names on this card for the fans over here. But from a global perspective, all eyes are going to be on your fight. The world yeah. title division seems to have become the glamour division of the UFC mm -hmm. again, and and uh, obviously with a certain Irishman throwing his hat into the ring and, and, yeah. and becoming, at least for a, a part of the time, part of the world title division, it feels like even more eyeballs are going to be on the fight now. I mean. How do you see this welterweight picture right now? Because you've got Usman holding the belt, you've got Masvidal holding the BMF belt, yeah. um, and you've got yourself and Tyron. I mean, first off, is this fight a, a title eliminator? Um, 100% for me, 100%. I, I believe after this fight, I will, I will fight for the world title um, after beating Woodley, so... Um, I, it's a big fight for me. He's some considered, considered one of the best of all time, you know what I mean? And to go out there to perform and beat him like I'm going to beat him, just put my name right in the hat to be a world champion and I'll fight for the world title this year. And Usman being, being a champion right now, arguably he's the ideal target for you. He's the last guy who, who defeated you. You've won eight straight since then and you've talked all the way through this run of, of wins. You've always said you want to get that win yeah, back. Yeah. Now yeah. he's got the belt, so you can, it's kind of like a win that, double yeah, for exactly. you. So. It's like the perfect revenge, right? He's the last guy to beat me four or five years ago to go out there and to to defeat him for the bout, for the world title, um, and to get, get, and to get a win back. It's, um, it's like the perfect scenario for me, for him to still hold the world title um, in the summer or later this year and to, to defeat him. That's like the perfect dream for me, and I believe it, it will happen. And what did it mean to you, and, and, and what was your reaction when, I think he was asked who, who his toughest opponent was, and he said it was you. Yeah, um, didn't mean much, because I, did, I, did, I didn't win, right? So, yeah. Um, it didn't mean much to me, really, and that's that's like that's just a crack me. Like now, this Leon would kill that Leon back then. You know what I mean? So um, I am looking forward to go out there and get my revenge and to to kill the Warthog. And you mentioned the word revenge there. Where does where does Jorge Masvidal fit into the whole picture? Obviously, the title is your is your aim. It yeah. always has been. Yeah. But. At some point down the line, is that is that a fight that you definitely sure. want to get? Because um, you, you know you faced off very briefly, uh, unscheduled. Yeah. But I mean, how much would it mean to actually get him in the cage and, and throw down with him? Um, I'm not getting my hands on him. I don't think it's <laughs> cage or no cage. It's me getting my hands on him is just the the main goal. But um, I know they mentioned him probably putting the muscle muscle in for the um, for the title the fight in March. So um, let's say the fight for the title, right? Was winning muscle up. Um, Usman beat Masada. I would only want to fight Masada, or, or vice versa. He beats Usman, then I fight him for the world title. Or so either way, we're gonna fight this year. Or I beat Usman, he fights me for the world title. So either way, this year we're gonna fight, right? And that's the big fight. Both fights got a story behind it, right? Usman last guy to beat me. Masada happened in London, so they both got a great selling point to for a big fight and big pay per view. So each either way, each fight is big money. <laughs>
And you, you mentioned that you know the UFC. It's no secret UFC looks very much like they're trying to put those two together. Yeah. For maybe just before the summer or early summer, possibly. Yeah. If for some reason that fight doesn't come to fruition and you get the result that you want in London, would you be in a position? Would you be happy to make a quick turnaround yeah. to get the title fight, or is that something that you would insist on getting a long run up for to make sure you were one hundred percent? Um. No, I will. I will want a quick turnaround. My, my last fight was in July, so I'm fought now for a while and. And for all the angel I so I want after March I'd love to go again June. I perform better when I'm back to back, back to back and camp, you know what I mean? So I would like a quick turnaround. I noticed that um Osman is probably injured I said, probably. So it depends when he's fit to come back and I'm hoping it's later on. The later it is better is if you go to get a tower shot. The closer it is, they'll probably give Master a tower shot because I just fought in March. So um we'll see, we'll see. And Obviously, you know, we've got to look at the, the challenge that stands in front of you. I mean, the former world champion, you say, is one of the, one of the best welterweights ever in, in UFC history. He's coming back with a point to prove. This is his first fight back after losing the title to Usman. Yeah. We've seen two different versions of Tyron Woodley in his UFC career. We saw the Tyron on his way up, yeah. who was very aggressive, come forward and really imposing his will on people. And then when he won the belt, he seemed to change up his game and fight a lot more yeah, off the back yeah, foot, yeah. a lot more circumspect. Yeah. What sort of Tyron Woodley do you think you're going to see um, March 21st. I'm prepping for the one that beat um, Robert Lawler. That, I, want, I want that Tyrone, you know what I mean? I, I, I want the, the best version of, of himself and I believe I'm number one. So I believe I'll beat him even on his best day. You know what I mean? So that's the one I'm prepping for in my camp and that's the one I'm aiming to fight. So whatever it comes with, it doesn't matter because I'm probably the best version of, of, of himself. Anyway, I know say, uh, I thought like someone, um, on social media, he's like, oh, I'm fucking taking it very serious now, better than Darren Till and blah, blah, blah. And, but that means nothing to me. Um, I'll be a world champion and he's just another guy that's in my way and another guy to to get the, get ass open. <laughs> what do you make of the fact you've been over in Thailand training over there? Is that is that a, sort of a, a nod to your striking acumen, the fact that he's gone over there maybe to sharpen up that side of his game before he faces you? Um, Probably, probably, probably trying to learn them elbows been landing the last, last few fights. Um, I don't know, I think he's a bit lost, right? Because I thought he was going to GSP's gym. Um, he says he's going there, he said now he's in Thailand, so I, I don't know what he's doing. I don't, I don't see why, just because now he lost a towel, you want to change everything up. When that's the, you, that's the team that got you there, they, they got there for a reason, you know what I mean? And there's no point now to try to change everything up, so um, I, I don't care what he's doing, I'm focused on my journey. Um, with my team in Birmingham and we're getting amazing results and it's good. And uh, in, terms of, in terms of your team in Birmingham, you know, as, as we mentioned earlier, absolutely flying high at the moment and I know it's a source of great pride for you that you're representing not just the UK but the fact that you can come up and do all your training in here, the UK. make it to the very top, yeah. Home, fully homegrown British UFC champion if you get that far and win that belt. I will, I will get that far. So when I get that far, um, th that's like one of my main goals, right? Is to is to motivate kids behind me and guys behind me to, to say they can do it from your hometown. That you don't have to listen to everyone else. That you have to go to America, you have to go to Brazil, or wherever you have to go to to achieve greatness, right? I'm proving it time and time again. And I'm, be I'm beating all these teams that they say is the best in the world. I beat all of them, most. You know what I mean? So um, for me, just like. I, I do it because I want to give the kids behind me motivation to say they can believe in the team and do it and 
my teammate Vaughan Lee, he did it for me when he, when he got, got in the UFC. He didn't get that far in the UFC, what he got. Just getting to the UFC from Birmingham was a big deal back then. And you were the first guy to get got in the UFC and you were the first guy to, to give me hopes that oh, you can make it to the UFC training in Birmingham. And that's what I'm doing for my teammates. And now we got, like I said, Joy um, got signed the other day. We've got loads of talent in the gym now saying, oh, if you win the world title, we can, we, we can achieve this. This is what they hear the sentiment day in day out. You know what I mean? If you do this, we can achieve this. And, so that's my motivation and that's my aim in life is to help everyone behind me and to push them to the best. Slight, slight change of tack. Um, dealing with Tyron, Tyron is, he's, he's a pretty focused guy. He, he speaks every now and again. He's yeah, not yeah. what you call a prolific trash talker. Yeah. Um, and, and, and nor have you been over the course of your career, but you seem to have got under his skin a little bit. I mean, there's been a little back and forth on social media, yeah. but then you, you started taking pot shots at his rap career. <laughs> and he seems to get genuinely upset. Did that surprise um, you? I mean, um, what do you make of all of this? Uh, it's for me, it's banter. I was, I'm on the lock. He's taking like dead seat. He's like DM. He blocked me and everything on Instagram. Um, like one of my DMs was like, oh, you call my names and say you knock me out and shit. Then, then they blocked me. Um, for me, it's all banter for me, and I'm just having fun with it. Um, he said like he's more focused now, and so it's all good for me. It's banter for him. He's like he's taking it. It's weird, right? They talk about his fighting career, like he doesn't get angry. Talk about rap music, <laughs> he goes mad. But his music is shit, right? He's not, he's not like a very good, <laughs> he's not like a very good rapper, right? So it's funny. And my colleague at MMA Jackie Mike Bond, I think you spoke to him a week or so ago. Yeah, yeah. You said to him you might walk out to one of his songs. Yeah, is this is this is this legit? I'm, I'm thinking about it. If I do do it, I'll probably mix it in with another song. So I'll probably start off with this song and then put my one. I don't think I can listen to all that all the way to the. Walking to the octagon. The music is crap. So probably put like headphones on or something if I do it, but that would be funny if I didn't do it. All right, there we go. A huge thank you to both Leon and Molly for taking the time to chat. And thanks too to the UFC's PR team for hooking it all up up there at Urban King's Gym in King's Cross, London. I'll be in London on the ground for MMA Junkie in March with my wingman and ace videographer Abby Saban as we bring you wall-to-wall coverage of UFC London. So please do be sure to check us out throughout Fight Week. We might even get to drop a podcast or two onto the feed during the course of the week. In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Simon Head, on Instagram at Simon Head Sport, and you can add me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Simon Head. You can also subscribe to the podcast via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a host of other podcasting platforms. So please do get yourself subscribed and get new episodes sent straight to you as they go live. Until next time, enjoy the fights, and I'll speak to you soon.